Uh, is is this thing on? Hey, sorry. It's been it's been almost a year since I've <laughs> uploaded on on this page uh, with the Water Cooler Podcast, and um, I, I just want to come on here and just say I'm terribly sorry. It's just I've honestly have been going through it over the past year. Uh, I don't regret making any episodes here on this page on Anchor. The water cooler, sixty episodes strong, including the episode that I'm releasing today. Finally, that I did with Joey from Shut Up and Cut. We had a wonderful conversation about content creation and just the movies that we love and and just every and just everything in general. Joey is a really great human being, and I can't wait for you to finally listen to this episode. But while when I was at editing this episode i started kind of thinking about what i wanted this podcast to be and what i wanted to do in the future and the previous episodes that i've recorded after joey i started kind of thinking like i'm kind of spinning like spinning in the mud like like I'm like the podcast is a little bit stuck in the mud. Like I'm really like I love talking to all the people that I had on the podcast, but I was kind of like bouncing back and forth between all these different types of uh, types of creators, and I wasn't necessarily niching down. And that was part of my goal to niche down and turn the water cooler podcast into the real lovers podcast i love talking about movies i love talking about media i think that this is probably the best like way for this the podcast to move forward is for me to talk about movies and i would like to just announce that starting thursday the regular recording schedule for this podcast going forward will be will be going live on my YouTube channel, Marley Loves Film, on Thursday, and it'll the episode will post on Friday. And starting this Friday, you'll be look you can look forward to this podcast diving deep into the Letterbox 250 movies of all time. These are the highest rated movies on Letterbox. If you don't know what Letterbox is, I recommend downloading the app and set, signing up for an account and just going to the Letterbox 250 because Every single one of those movies are, from what I hear, are really great. I've only seen 3% of them, and that's the main reason why I'm doing this series is because I want to broaden my horizons on movies and just expand my, just the the way I talk about movies and analyze them and stuff like that. And plus, it's going to be fun. I love a series like this, and what a way to bring this podcast back to uh to like the mainstream i I want why did i say mainstream but uh what a way to bring this podcast back with a really great series like the letterbox top 250 films on that app and uh this is no way sponsored by letterbox but if letterbox does want to sponsor it or promote it i would be entirely grateful i love that app so much but yeah uh just want to but i just want to apologize for just neglecting this feed for like the longest time it's just like i need to take like a step back and think about like where this podcast is going and uh just kind of like take a little time for myself like that's like what is the most important thing like when it comes to content creation is that you make make sure you have time for yourself just because it's just it's a it's a tough world out there like like when i was in when when i took a break from this feed i was making tiktok videos i was going live on twitch and just kind of like just enjoying content creation in like a different mindset than creating a podcast because i'm not sure if a lot of you a lot of you know and i'm sure a lot of the my other mutuals that i that i've made throughout throughout the past year like running a podcast is incredibly difficult like scheduling editing the podcast planning out each episode and uh i just need to take a break from that and 
kind of doing a little a lot of loose uh loose content and just kind of existing within my own space but starting this friday you can look forward to more episodes of the real lovers podcast which i like the sound of and uh look forward to a weekly update on this feed and uh i hope a lot of you will come back to this podcast and hear me talk about the top 250 letterbox films uh that are currently on that list but anyways i sorry for rambling for like the last five minutes but i just wanted to come on here real quick and just uh apologize i again like sorry 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 i don't know how many times i could say sorry because a lot of you are probably wondering where i was but um but yeah uh but i'm back that's what's most important and uh i hope that you enjoy all all future episodes of uh of this podcast like in the future and i hope you enjoy episode 60 of the water cooler podcast the last episode from that from that era this is the last episode that should have been released last year but like i said I was going through some things and but now it's here uh anyways hope you enjoy this episode with uh my talk with joey from shut up and cut it's a really great talk and uh be sure to subscribe to marley loves film uh so you can follow my journey along with the letterbox top 250 250 films this friday this thursday and friday thank you for listening and here's the episode Welcome to another edition of the Water Cooler Podcast. My name is Marley, and today I'm joined by probably one of the coolest human beings that I've ever met, like on TikTok, in this TikTok series that I'm doing, like on this podcast for season five. His name, he goes by Joey. He's He runs Shut Up and Cut. He's a brilliant editor and just a brilliant editor that helps out other editors. Joey, how are you doing today? Dude, you didn't have to be so, oh, that was so nice of you. <laughs> one of the coolest people. I appreciate that, man. That's yeah, awesome. I, I mean every word. I mean every word. But that's awesome, jo- Joey. Like uh, you're part of like this ongoing series, uh, ongoing official, unofficial series that I'm doing on yeah. this podcast, where uh-huh. I just have all my TikTok friends on. And like, what's your experience with TikTok, or just like, like TikTok in general? How I, how did you how did you get on? I okay, so I got on early college. And I was just posting kind of shit funny videos like you normally do, right? You join mm-hmm. TikTok and because you're peer pressured too, and then you start posting stupid stuff. And then I had one TikTok hit extremely big. It was 8 million views, 7 million views or something like that, 2 million likes. And I was, oh, so I went viral. Okay, I get it right on. So that happened. And so I was sitting on 35,000 people who were following me. And I was like, dude, there's got to be an op. God has literally laid an opportunity into my hands and I just didn't know how to handle it. And I was just, I was, I was just taken back by the amount of people that that video had reached. And that it was like a rainbow video. I don't I don't even know. I, it, I had just been excited that I saw the end of the rainbow. It was like touching the like bottom of the mountain or something. And I was like, dude, there's a rainbow. It's so freaking awesome. And people just went by I had like 10,000 I couldn't even read through all the comments it was insane it was insane the numbers were freaking incredible and so after a couple of months and I was still in film school while this was all happening and after a couple of months I was like dude there's some opportunity there to to you know make a change start a business or 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 help people or do something on TikTok and I had no experience no TikTok experience at all and so I'm glad I took the step because I was able to grow it to 
50,000 followers and, and rebrand it as shut up and cut. So that's probably been one of the coolest things I've ever done. And it happened on TikTok, And that's kind of how I got started. That That's so cool. I've had a few videos like go viral, but nothing like over, like over yeah, 2 million. Stupid bonker viral. <laughs> yeah. I still, I still can't even imagine like having like a video go viral and you have like all these, you wake up and have like all these comments like on your phone and you're just like, <laughs> do, do you play video games? Do you play video games? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What, vid- what video games do you play? I, I've been playing a lot of sports games lately. I've been playing a lot of MLB of the show. And then got because it, it's free it. on Game Pass. And got then. So, so, so like these video games, right? You play mm-hmm. them and, and I'm just, I'm just asking to prove a point. These video games, when you're in the fourth quarter, right? Or, or, or the ninth inning, bottom of the ninth and you're down by one, you know, th- those, those really intense spots, your hands start to sweat, right? On the controller, <laughs> your yeah. hands start mm-hmm. to sweat. You, you, <laughs> under the armpits start to sweat. You get like a little bit of a shiver. When I woke up, it was the exact same feeling. It was the exact same feeling, like bottom of the ninth, or or your Ganondorf one stock down, and like this is the championship in Smash Bros. Or it, it, you get that same feeling, and it's I I don't know how else to describe it. <laughs> or, or that or that that feeling when you're you're the final five in Fortnite. Yes, you're, you're, oh my you, god, or Warzone you, or some shit like that. Yes, you, yes. You t- you take one person down, uh, one person down at a time. I've only gotten one victory royale in Fortnite, and I've I've only it, gotten one too. <laughs> so I'm I, there with you. I've had so many chills in my body. It was just it was just amazing. And but, that's that's exactly what it feels like when you go viral because you're I don't know what to do, but I know what to do, but but mm-hmm. but I don't. <laughs> Right, and you just, and you you immediately. I don't mean to cut you off, but you immediately have access or have the opportunity to talk to that many people, which is insane. Mm-hmm. It's it's almost like public speaking. It's mm-hmm. just you see so many people, and you feel like you're being watched, which you're not really, but <laughs> it's right. very temporary. But it's it's an insane feeling. That's awesome. You mentioned you went to film school, and my this is kind of like a two part question where asking where you went to film school but also like you're in the middle of in the middle of college and you have this viral video that just kind of that just blew up <laughs> what made you jump onto editing and just and stuff i get you yeah. so it was probably my fourth year i think i was a senior when the when the video blew up and the reason why i liked editing because you know the filmmaking process just it has a bunch of different things you write you you shoot you direct you edit you do music you act you know there's a bunch of different things and they run you through all of those in film school whether it's worth it or not that's another conversation <laughs> but <laughs> i was naturally i wanted to do directing right because i wanted a little piece of all of it i thought directing was the best thing to do but i naturally kind of went with editing and it was just because I was editing since I've been editing video since eighth grade, um, eighth grade, ninth grade, all the way to my senior year in high school. I, I've just been editing, editing, editing. So I've developed workflows, all this stuff and my mind is kind of technically able. If that makes sense. My mind is just kind of able to pick up on the intricacies and the technicalities inside of specifically premiere, but just editing in general. And so I, I was just naturally better at that than anything else. I, I, I edited better than I acted. I edited better than I directed. I, I, I was just able to cut video and I was in Adobe for eight, nine years. And then the, the software just became like second nature to me. And so I just, I was just best at that. I, I like filmmaking altogether, but I was just best at editing. And, you know, you hear all these people just talk, talk about, Oh, just do what you're good at. And so that's just, that was what I was good at. I was just best at editing. Yeah. I, I think I've done like a few short films here and there and I've, mm-hmm. like, I've dabbled in directing PA as a PA producer writing. And I feel like post-production editing is my favorite part and probably the one that I'm probably best at just because I'm not a good actor, but it's like, you know, immediately when you're in front of the camera and you're not a good actor and you're just, <laughs> and you're just, I, I remember I had this short film in college that I did, made with my friends. I, I've been starting to be a little bit more open about it, like on TikTok. That's good. But it's it's <laughs> called good. Snow Nate. It's called Snow Nato. And I was, I, I, I didn't star in it, but I co-starred in it. And it's probably one of the worst acting performances you'll ever see. Snow Nato. Is that like a spinoff from Sharknado? I don't think that's what the guy's intention was, but he he said that he discovered yeah. this this story while he was on an acid trip, and I'm like, oh. I'm like, 
so <laughs> my friends and I were like, we we're both film majors and we're, the guy just walks up to us and was just, hey, you want to make a movie? Like you're into movies, right? And then like, we're young, upcoming, up and coming film students where we're uh-huh. just kind of, we'll just take any project at that point. And so we're just, we're just, we just ran with it and stuff like that. But it's still really great. I think it might be my, I think it might be The Room. But my feel, version okay. of The Room. <laughs> But I just, but going back to editing is that I, what I love about that process is that that's when, that's when the story comes together. And yeah, it's the glue. It's, it's really just the glue after you have all your pieces to the puzzle, you got to glue them down. And I think Mm -hmm. um, I, and so I agree with, with what you're saying. That's just, that's exactly where it comes together. Yeah. Just because especially with the short film, we didn't really have much to go off of, of just, Mm -hmm. this is like this guy's acid trip. And we're just, we're, we're just, okay, well, that doesn't really help us because that's <laughs> that's what you personally felt. So we just shot whatever we could. And then in the editing room, we just kind of just threw whatever we could together. And I think that's what, that you know, like, that's what's cool about editing too, is that you don't really need to have a plan in the writing or have a plan in the shooting. But when it comes to editing, you can find something that wasn't there before, you know, like in post-production, you, you, you have the opportunity to, to find little gems or, or narrative lines or stuff that you didn't see in the script or in the dailies or, mm-hmm. or excuse me, or on set. And so th- I, I love that with every new stage of filmmaking, you get yeah. another layer, you get a little deeper in finding that story. Exactly. I, I know this film gets, gets a lot of hate for winning best editing at the, at the oscars it's the queen movie oh dude in my head i was like bohemian rhapsody that's what he's talking yeah. about bohemian rhapsody <laughs> yeah yeah bohemian rhapsody thank you uh for re- remembering the yep. title and uh-huh. i remember all the hate but i i think it i don't i never really thought it deserved all that hate because when you think about it like this editor probably like because i remember bohemian rhapsody it, like it's been in production for like so many years mm-hmm. and this editor comes in at the final stages of production and he probably wasn't even the first editor to even see this project. So mm-hmm. he's just, oh, crap, what do I do with all this footage? Let's see if I can <laughs> like, glue it all together and try and get yeah. out of it. Make something cohesive. And I feel like he did a pretty good job with that. And I think that's what the Academy was probably. And I uh, think that's what the people don't see is the situation. Mm-hmm. They don't see mm-hmm. the context of what it took to make that. And and I remember watching uh an interview with him. I forgot what his name was, but they were talking about that one scene, right? When they're outside, they're having brunch or something. Do, do you remember all the, the cuts, the three second cuts? It's cut, 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 mm-hmm. cut. No J, no L, no influence, no no intent. It was just cut, 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 cut. He had said something um, in his interview. The reason why they left that scene in there, um, the reason they had left that scene in there was because he just forgot about that sequence. <laughs> Because there was That's so crazy. much going on. He had just forgot to go back to that sequence and fix that. That wasn't meant to be the final, you know, the final cut. He just, there was so much going on and he had just forgotten. And the deadline was coming up. He had just forgotten to go back to that sequence and fix it. And, but That's, that, 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 in, that, yeah, that in and of itself, yeah, that in and of itself shows how stressful it is on the other side of this, that screen when you're cutting that thing, you know, how mm-hmm. much money's on the line, what the, you know, the deadlines they hit because, you know, they give you the dates and the trailer, they, you know, they do all that shit. So, I mean, this, it's not an easy job. They, mm-hmm. This shit is tough, bro. It's not easy. Right, right. That's why it's like, I have so much respect. I'm a good editor and your videos have definitely helped me become a better editor. Yeah. Uh, There's a plug for your. your... (laughs) (laughs) Appreciate it. Right on. Fuck yeah. Uh, But I think that film editing, the award at the Oscars, like they need to like push it more. Make it. it, I'm not saying you need to make it best picture, but. Give it it some love. Yeah. Yeah. Give it some love. What you say, because, you know, it's the invisible craft, right? Mm Kind of like what's it called? Like, uh set deck visual effects too (laughs) yeah visual effects set deck crafty you don't hear about you know the people who fed everybody on set you know you don't you don't get any of that so i get it i i I totally get it but here's where i would would differ Mm -hmm. we know that editing is an unloved art an unloved an unloved career an unloved you know work or however you would say it like an unloved job but we still do it anyway you know what i mean Mm-hmm. We go into it knowing we're not going to get the most love, not as much love as Leonardo DiCaprio or Rami Malek. We're not going to get as much love as them, but we still do it anyway. And I think that's just because we enjoy it. 
<laughs> I think it's just because we really like it. And so when you say that it deserves more love, absolutely it does. But at the end of the day, am I okay if it doesn't? Yeah, because I knew I knew it's not the sexiest thing. <laughs> it's not the sexiest thing to people. It's not the most loved. It's not it's not as sexy as acting or directing. So I mean, I totally get it. Yeah, I I totally get I totally get that point of view too. But I, I could kind of differ a little bit how it could how it can't be sexy just because there's there's so many actors that probably rely on editors so much. No shit. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good it's like, point. <laughs> it's, it's there's like there's so many times where I'm probably editing this podcast and I'm talking like an idiot and I'm just no like crap. Yeah, you could go back and cut that stuff. No, I totally that's a good point. That's a good point. Not, not saying I'm gonna cut not gonna say I'm gonna cut any portion of this podcast because it's all gold, but but, but, I, get but it's it. just, I totally it's, get it. That's that's what I love about editors because it's just like it is the but, it's the invisible art. It really is. It, it's one of those things where it, it's I don't I don't eat fast food anymore. But like when when I did, it's like that's what I was always nice to the people at the drive through mm-hmm. because you, you knew the shit make, they were going through. <laughs> yeah, you don't want well, yeah, that too. But I didn't want to like piss them off and just be and just be like, oh crap, are they gonna spit in my food? Oh now? yes, it's yeah, like, I'll oh, get don't, you now, yeah. Don't piss off the editor or they're going to make me look bad on screen. Yeah, no, I totally <laughs> you know? get that. Yeah, but but yeah, where'd you go to film school, Joey? I just so, like... Yeah, so after high school, I went to Arizona State University. Mm-hmm. Their film school was up and coming when I jumped in. And now it's hot shit. <laughs> after mm-hmm. four or five years, it's it's hot shit. They got some they got they got some funding for a new own for a new facility for just film. So that's pretty cool because when I was there, it wasn't just film it was like film music theater it was all kind of mixed into one but asu was finally you know they finally got the cash they finally got the funding to separate film from the arts because you know they kind of put them all together over there so mm-hmm. that was really cool. a dope ass alumni just yeah to, no shit <laughs> no shit dude we fucking we're gonna run that shit absolutely yeah. but yeah i went to, i went to asu and it was uh i learned a lot and but at the end of the day I, I love film school, don't get me wrong, but I love the people more than anything. It's the people at film school that really made it what it was. Because I think you could learn film anywhere. You could learn filmmaking from online, from online courses. You could learn it from NYU. You could learn it from Texas. You could learn it from UNLV here in Las Vegas. I think you could learn it anywhere. I think it's just the, the quality of people that you meet at film school that makes the difference. I met a gr- good fucking group of people at ASU. I really did. 100%. I totally agree with you 100%. Because I, I didn't go to film school. I just went to community college and I took film classes there. And just mm-hmm. the people that I met through there, I still talk to this day. And we're all, we're still working. They're still working on a little bit of projects, but they're just always wanting to know how I'm doing. And they're always supporting my stuff. Yeah, and, dude. And it's all, it's always nice to get that one little text like, hey, how you doing? <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. And it's just this. This is like a people driven industry. Like, oh, yeah. It's, it, oh, yeah. It's, it's so it's so important. The people that you meet and the connections that that, that oh, you yeah. make just because it's so uh, I, I don't know. It's just like everyone that you meet, it's you could be working with them on a project, if you know what I mean. No, I get it. And that's exactly what they told me. You know, they said, don't be a dick to anybody in film school. You never know who the fuck's going to hire you. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I was obviously that nerd. And I'm sure I'm, I had it, too. Yeah. I was the nerd, well, too. I I don't know you. I think we're, we're we've only been talking for about twenty minutes, Joey. But you 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 and I kind of seem pretty similar in high school. Where uh-huh. we like we didn't co- classify ourselves as a nerd. We just kind of we kind of just fit into every little niche in high school. I that... did, yeah, no, you got me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fucking, you called me. You, you, I'm on a pedestal. You got me. Yeah. Yep. I, I was. I, don't I, know. Was, I, I was very sporty too in high school, but I didn't play sports. And mm-hmm. so I like going out. I like playing football. I like playing basketball. I like, I, I played soccer. I sprained my ankle and it scared me away. But mm-hmm. I realized that, you know, you had to sports if I wanted to specifically in college, because I was just, I was in a chair so often. And so I knew for a fact that I needed, I needed to find something, you know, just to make me sweat, just to work out anything. Mm-hmm. And so I, I naturally uh, picked up sports in high school and college just to keep me mm-hmm. in shape, just to keep me running. Cause dude, I feel like shit some days when I'm cotton and I feel, Oh God, I ate a cheeseburger. Oh, I've been sitting for seven. I felt like shit, absolute garbage. <laughs> yeah. 
I know what you mean. Like just having like a, just having like a hobby like this of just just of editing. It's just it's just, tough. It's, it's physically. It's, I wish I had the funds to just invest in a standing desk. It's like <laughs> I know, right? No shit, bro. Keep yeah. working. Get those fucking brand deals. Get. I'm dude. I, I'm I, telling you. What? How many followers you got on TikTok? I got a two eighty six right now. I got my I got my phone on me. I'll, I'll look you up right yeah. now. Yeah, okay and you you're following 200 dude you have 20k likes that 20k use that when you're talking mm-hmm. to people don't tell them about the followers tell you tell them your biggest fucking number tell them yeah i got i got about twenty thousand likes across all my content so it gets a lot of engagement obviously to twenty thousand, dude i it's insane i've never even thought about brand deals or any of that stuff until they started reaching out to me now personally mm-hmm. i just don't do them because i don't press a lot of Ooh, buy this product. Ooh, buy that product. Dude, when people started reaching out to me is when to give me money to post. And a lot of a lot of the the low-end ones would be like, hey, we'll just give you some free stuff. We'll give you they wanted to give me a desk for free, a standing riser desk, all that stuff. So I could just push so I could push their content. Because what they care about are my numbers. They care about mm-hmm. uh what am I at right now? I'm at forty nine thousand. I have it right in front of me. I'm at like forty nine thousand followers with two point six million likes. They're like, dude, throw us in front of there. Let's see if we can snag some of Joey's audience. And so that's why they mm-hmm. reach out to you. And I didn't realize that until I started understanding the wordings of their email. <laughs> we'll give you a free product if you give us more sales right i realized that they they care about the numbers (laughs) they don't even Mm -hmm. care about your voice any of that shit they care about your numbers which you know it shows it i don't think it's bad i think they're just thinking very analytically and business like about it which isn't a bad thing but at the end of the day you know i see all these content creators on here all the personable you know the ones that aren't afraid to show their faces Mm-hmm. I, I genuinely feel like that's where business is going. So it makes me feel like I'm in the right spot, you know? Yeah, it's, I think that what I've discovered, like I've been on TikTok for about eight months and and what I've discovered with businesses around mm-hmm. that is that they don't, businesses don't know what TikTok is. Like I've gone into interviews recently. Right. But, and I've mentioned that I'm on TikTok and they their eyes widen up. And they're just, what's they're the, just what's like, the perception? Whoa. Is it like, oh, oh, you're a child? Oh, you're a loser? Or, or, or is it, oh my God, he's ahead of our time? Like, how do they perceive that? I, I perceived it as it's not like I'm a child and stuff. I kind of put it off like that just because like, oh, it's TikTok. But then like businesses were just like, oh my God, this is the, like, it's a new medium. TikTok just passed YouTube in watch time. People with being fucking, on the app. With 30 second videos. It's insane. Like, so if you're a business, like if I'm a business, like I want to be on TikTok because I want to reach That's where like the attention billions. is. That's where mm-hmm. the attention is. Mm-hmm. I've, I've gotten, I haven't really gotten anyone like reaching out, but people always come up to me like, oh, how do I get started? Uh, I'm like, dude, I have like less than 300 followers. I don't know why you're coming to me. I think what people like come to me about is just like when I post, like I post like my most authentic self. I th- I think that's what is most uh, I love about TikTok the most is just, it's so quick. It's yeah, like the, the attention span. You don't you don't need a lot, you know, mm-hmm. and I and, think uh, authenticity really shows in that first five. So, you know, you hear people, oh, you need a good hook. You need a good solution. You need a good pro, you know, to keep them. But I think the authenticity is your best hook as long as you're straight mm-hmm. up with the camera. Like and it, yeah. it's great practice for being in front of a camera. I've gotten really good at fucking reading teleprompter at, at fucking at pronouncing my words at writing. Cause I, I write all this stuff out cause it's very technical. So mm-hmm. it's easy to lose people in a lot of the content I make. So I, I totally get it. I think, I think TikTok is a, is a great deal for any um, filmmaker or specifically, specifically any filmmaker who's trying to get started to do TikTok. I, I really mm-hmm. do. I really fucking yeah. do. And also just like, just the people that I meet, like like yourself, Joey. It's just I've met so many awesome and cool filmmakers, like through TikTok. It's like That's I didn't insane, even need to go it? to film school. It's like it's it's kind of, especially with your videos. I'm just like I'm just. That's just, awesome. It, it makes me like I'm sorry that Joey you spent like thousands of dollars like on film school, but oh, it's oh like, it was six digits. Kid, it was six digits. Oh, I'm, it it. It makes me like kind of jealous for like the generation growing up that's like younger than me that has like all these resources. But you know what? Why not help them? Why not? Mm -hmm. You know, why not make it easier? Why not make it more convenient? I actually, I, you Mm -hmm. know what? This could be some even market research for me, but how do you feel about, you know, the online filmmaking courses compared to the traditional film school? 
was kind of early on this game a little bit because I've you've mentioned the these guys before like in your TikToks, but mm-hmm. Film Riot. I was an oh, early love them. subscriber oh, love them. to Film Riot. Uh huh. So. Like I started watching their videos like throughout community college and just they've helped me out like on so many, so many projects. I've been with them since eighth grade, bro. It's sex. It's so, they're so awesome. It's so, it's, it's so amazing because I didn't even know that they were still making videos. And then I'm, I didn't realize I'm still subscribed to them on YouTube. Uh And, and then all of a sudden they post like a video. It's like, oh, here's a film riot Monday. I'm like, what? Uh, you're still alive. <laughs> you see Ryan Connolly, and he has like gray hair, and I'm like, oh my god, I feel so old right yeah, now. Yeah, but I mean, dude, that's how long they've been. They've been helping people for that long. It's mm-hmm. insane to think that you know somebody has been in the trenches digging for you for that long. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I genuinely, I watch their stuff, and I, I try to follow their model, how they, you know, how they give out free content, you know, the lots, all that stuff, because I really think they did it right. I do. Mm-hmm. I, they may have been a little early, but I think they did it right. Yeah, I, I think they did it right too. And then there is another channel. I'm pretty sure you know this one because we're, we're basically the same person at this point. But uh, Indie Mogul, I think yeah, that was another yeah. n- another channel that kind of did DIY, right? Oh yeah. Like I yep. built, I built my first steady game through there. And it was. Did you, like, did you, go, did you go to uh, Home Depot get the PVC pipe and do? Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. That was mine. That was me. Yeah. That was uh that was probably like the coolest time like on YouTube. I miss those days with YouTube. Yeah, YouTube's but I not. mean everything everything kind of matures and moves on. <laughs> matures, you know, in a, a subjective manner. <laughs> but mm-hmm. you know, it grows and it adapts and it evolves. But it, YouTube but definitely matures. It shows so. you kind of where society's kind of looking at. Everything mm-hmm. is like online now, dude. I I hate to be the you know, the guy who's like tooting his horn coming down from the mountain, but I really do think the internet has changed the fi- how many shit how much stuff is streaming all of it it's way too much dude, <laughs> way too Black, much is streaming dude did you hear about Scarlett Johansson's problem with them streaming Black Widow because she was supposed to get back in some back end yeah, cash because, on it because Black Widow was supposed to be in theaters and, for longer like for for a long time and uh, Disney was like oh no this pandemic and I'm like well probably you because didn't write people, that in the contract. yeah. But probably they probably did that because people weren't fucking paying to go to the movies. And yeah. I don't, I dude, the movie theater is my heaven. I've never, there's never been a time I've been not happy inside of a movie theater. Like I ge- genuine happiness, genuine love and happiness inside every single time because I just I fucking love sitting in a dark room with a bunch of strangers crying over the same thing. Love it. Same. <laughs> I I like I've mentioned this multiple times on this podcast that. When the pandemic happened and movie theaters were closed, I was in a deep depression. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> it's like my church. I like movies are like it. my religion, and I co- I go to movies on Sunday, and because I love the Sunday showings because no one's there. Dude, my parents. <laughs> Dude, my family loves movies so much they would pull me out of school early so we can go see the matinee. <laughs> That's oh, oh, okay. You brought up something interesting. What what was that movie when they pull you out of school? I, I'm just curious. It was a bunch. Do you remember? It was a no. It was a bunch of them, though. It was it was a bunch of them. Like we. What was your favorite one? Cars. Cars. (laughs) Yeah, that's the one I remember the most. (laughs) (laughs) No. Okay. No. I've I've recently come around on that on that movie and that trilogy. Uh I think it might be Pixar's best trilogy. You know what? And I'm saying that loving Toy Story. (laughs) Oh damn! Well, now I'm between a rock and a hard place. I just someone made me it was someone on tiktok they they made me think about like that the cars trilogy on how Mm -hmm. like lightning mcqueen's arc is almost perfect because it's like (laughs) where is this i want to see it's a i'll have to send it to you after but it's it basically starts with like oh lightning mcqueen like this is his rise to fame Uh uh-huh and then cars 2 that's where they kind of have trouble kind of like fitting it all together but it's like it's more like a spinoff and that's like and and then the third one is is lightning mcqueen's on top and it's about him like pushing someone else and stuff like that uh-huh he's being it, the doc hudson <laughs> yeah it, it's kind of i don't know it comes it, full that, circle there's a there's, yeah, a, there's I, a weird there's a weird yeah, i think it was <laughs> i think it was ever since cars because i think cars came out while I was still in high school or in middle school. It was one of those. I don't I don't remember. 
but I remember my, my freshman media teacher, my, my high school was lucky enough to have media as a mm-hmm. kind of elective or as a program area is what we called it. And she says, why are you here? And I was like, I'm, I'm fucking 15. I don't even know. <laughs> or like, or I'm, 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 I'm 14. I don't even know. But she's like, why are you here? And I was like, I want to make something like cars. <laughs> that, was, that was my answer. And she was like, okay, cool. Enjoy the year. <laughs> That was it. But I just, I remember, I remember the feeling of watching Lightning McQueen when I was younger. Now it's, you know, different movies, but I mean, I remember the feeling of watching Lightning McQueen bounce off that upside down car in the trailer, stick his tongue out through the air or whatever, flying through the smoke. <laughs> it was one of the coolest things I've ever seen as a, you know, as a child. And and since then I've been like, yeah, movies are fucking sick, bro. <laughs> right. What was, so I don't want, cars to be like the one movie that made you want to like do filmmaking nope it's not like (laughs) what is that one movie what is what is that one movie okay i get i get where you're going i'm gonna gonna give it to you but i don't know if it's my favorite movie or if it makes me want to make movies because the marvel movies make me want to make movies i i i a lot of a lot of filmmakers aren't fans of marvel um, because you know, it's redundant. It's the same thing over and over again. What I love about Marvel is that they, it's, they do the same thing over and over again. Um, but still somehow attract fans because they have mm-hmm. a, you know, a comic book, a comic book foundation, you know, they have all which is great. And I think it's the coolest thing to ever happen to film anywhere because it got the most eyes. It got the most people in theaters. It was like a great, huge camaraderie for filmmakers and comic book lovers alike everywhere. And so, so they got, kind of looking at marvel pushes me to be a better filmmaker but the the one that made me like movies that kind of put me two steps is lion king (laughs) Mm -hmm. when i was a child it was lion king it came out 94 or 97 one of those years i don't know but it's been my favorite movie ever since and dude when i'm in those deep depressions because the pandemic shut down my movie theaters i go sit in my bed i sip hot chocolate and i fuck i watch lion king it puts a smile on my face every goddamn time that's you know what that's awesome i respect that answer <laughs> lion king is probably one of my favorite disney traditional animated movies and i grew up and... on disney i was i was surrounded by it mm-hmm. yeah i i grew up on disney too and i loved what you said about marvel too i get that too i see a lot of filmmakers not liking marvel like all that much like mm-hmm. there's some filmmakers that do like like yourself that love marvel and will just love like this like just the camaraderie just, uh, like they, they they did something huge <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I i what i love marvel most is that like that first phase the way they were able to get Bro, iron man off the a, ground yeah. it was and insane. make it all and make it all to come together in 10 movies it's like beautiful. i cried i cried oh. at the end of end game oh yeah i did too oh my god i, I dude, was it's insane that they that they 10 years ago you're crying about something from 10 years ago Mm-hmm. What the fuck? That's how do you how do you connect with people on that emotional, on that deep of of a level emotionally? Like mm-hmm. that's how connected you are to these characters. That's how good the writers did. That's how good the actors did. That's how good the directors did. And fuck, that's how good the editors did. You and, know. And for someone that's a fan of John Favreau too, like I love oh, Chef. Love I, I love Chef. Dude, it was and so good. <laughs> I I, lo- I love that the the MCU basically kind of started with him with iron man i'm just like didn't yes it? the man didn't that made it? elf <laughs> Did- <laughs> i totally forgot he made elf i totally yeah. fucking forgot the man who made elf kickstarted <laughs> the entire MCU. <laughs> uh, i i love it but what were you gonna say no i just uh, uh i said that I, I love chef i i remember uh, watching mm-hmm. that because uh um a food truck um company or, or someone who owns food food trucks came to me and they were like, Hey, I want you to market my whole thing. I want you to run my whole marketing system. Da, 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 da. So I was into food trucks for a while and I actually found chef and studied that film, studied everything they did about it. Everything, even all the shit that the writers wrote, I studied, <laughs> even though, you know, it's fiction, some of it, maybe nonfiction, but I remember watching chef with a purpose, not just because I found it because I like Favreau, but because I had a purpose of marketing food trucks. And that's, mm-hmm. And that's almost exactly what happens inside that movie, which I had no idea. I just saw it and I was like, oh, uh, uh, Favreau and food trucks. Perfect. You know, the, the, I, I need to get I need to get some information on it. <laughs> so it's kind that, of funny that, that film, you bring Chef up. That film is so beautifully cut, too. Like, it's just the way it looks. This is the one thing that I love about, like, just food movies and just food shows and just food <laughs> photography is that that movie made me love like a Cuban sandwich. I'll just say <laughs> 
<laughs> Doesn't it? Dude, food, have, you, have you heard of uh, food porn food photography? Yes. Mm-hmm. That type of shit? I, I think, do, do you follow the, that TikTok account? Uh, uh, he makes like uh, like fast food like commercials, and it's like behind the scenes. I forget the name uh, of, of, no, of, I of don't, his page. No, I don't, but I, is it the same guy who takes, no, it's probably not, but I, I always think of the guy who takes the fast food and turns it gourmet. <laughs> Oh no, that's Mythical Kitchen. But oh, that's, but, okay, okay. It's a completely yeah, different, but, completely different. Yeah, it could, but that that guy's good too. Like Josh Air. I that's I love Chef for for that reason. It just made me want a Cuban sandwich. What's but, your what's your favorite? What's your favorite movie? Like favorite, all time. Like, if you had to pick one, if you can't pick one, what's the what's the one right now? Back to the Future. Like I, I always say, I can like, see that. I, I can see like in Back to the Future. I remember sitting on my couch with my brother. That was yours and. Yeah, with my jaw like wide open, just seeing Doc and Marty, just like just just having like all these like adventures and stuff like that. And I'll I will stay I will say to this day, like if Back to the Future ever gets remade or a sequel comes out to that, I uh-huh. I think I might actually riot. But <laughs> you don't want to ruin the, I, <laughs> ruin the nostalgia. Yeah, but I've heard Bob Gale come out and say like the writer of Back to the Future is saying that that will never happen. Dumb it's almost stuff like is he was... better left untouched, dude. Like Lion King, I love John Favreau. I love John Favreau, but I don't think he you, you he was able to capture the same emotion with Lion King that he did with the first one, or that they no. did with the first one. Oh, I forgot about that live action. Good, <laughs> good. That's that okay. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Let, let's just rewind ten seconds. Yeah, exactly. That. It, that's like another thing it's like those live action disney uh, some of them are good some of them are not jungle book <laughs> probably the only good one yeah no i agree with that and they've done jungle book a couple of times mm-hmm. uh, and, and they've done different spins and stuff i express my hate for aladdin i usually don't like dumping on on films because it's like one of these days i'm gonna meet one of these people and they're gonna say like hey you dumped on my film i remember but podcast I... episode 312 where you, you 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 were talking shit about me i remember that <laughs> <laughs> but i i honestly like aladdin like i will talk shit on that movie like that movie <laughs> that's your one that's your one film I, you're gonna bully <laughs> yeah that's the one film well any film by a uh, guy Ritchie. i don't like guy Ritchie, but 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 he's doing his best man he's doing yeah, his best I, he's trying really hard you guys he's trying really hard but i i don't know guy, there's something about guy Ritchie's aesthetic that just really bothers me uh, okay but, but sherlock holmes come on <laughs> why do you have to get me started but, okay just give me a problem with sherlock holmes because i i found sherlock holmes very i've actually used it as uh inspiration and as uh, inspiration for one of my films, so I just I would love to hear your your issue with, so, with uh, Sherlock Holmes. I think I have when Sherlock Holmes came out. Like I remember, that's kind of like when dark and gritty films were kind of like people were kind of the shit, right? It, yeah, they were kind of the shit. But I I, I kind of want some color in my film, and also some the slow motion. You're a saturation man. <laughs> Yeah, I'm very saturated. I'm very saturated. I get it. I get it. But, That's okay. And all, and also the slow motion too. I was not about. I don't like. I understand Sherlock Holmes is thinking through his moves, uh-huh. but it's just like I thought that just could have been like, expressed yeah, a little look, better. Yeah, it could have been expressed a little better. My favorite Sherlock is Benedict Cumberbatch Sherlock. Oh, the series. The or, I haven't watched the, that one. It's so good. You need you need to check it out. No no hate if you like Sherlock Holmes. It's just like that's just. No, I get I it. Know. I get it. I, I respect <laughs> it. I respect the opinion. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it. Back to the Future was just that one. Was that one movie that just it just it, I was just amazed by it. it you know what? Just... You know what? I I hearing you express your opinion about not Sherlock Holmes, but uh, excuse me, Back to the Future. I mm-hmm. I I realized the film that. I always go back to when I'm like mm-hmm. trying to think of something or or have some form of inspiration. Ooh. Fight Club was one of the many was one of the few films that I thought encapsulated both emotion, both cinematography, and all of it all together. Some of it's a little cheesy, but I think that's just a part of it. I think that's just a mm-hmm. part of the journey with making Fight Club, but it was one of the films that I thought that I connected to with most in for, in terms of like inspiration and, and wow, what a way to, 
kind of go against the grain, <clears throat> especially with the context of that film and, and all this stuff that was happening. So, so Joey, please don't leave this podcast, but uh, I'm going to put myself on blast a little bit. Hit me. Uh, Hit me. I, I, I've never seen Fight Club. I've never seen Fight Club. Really? That's okay. No, no, no. That's okay. That's okay. Watch it. Watch I, it. I'm telling no, I, you. Go ahead. What you, the way you described it, it makes me want to just like stop this podcast right, like, and go right watch now it. and go and go watch it. Just because I've never heard anyone talk about it like so eloquently like you did. Well, what's the first the, first rule about Fight Club? Don't talk about it. Yeah, don't talk about it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's that's the one thing that got me like kind of I was overwhelmed and just kind of scared to watch it. I'm like, yeah, it, oh, and crap. it, ha- it has some taboo kind of stuff. It has some stuff that is not very uh, is very sensitive nowadays. Mm-hmm. But it is definitely one of the films that I continue to think about. Oh, what did what did Snyder, what did he do here? Oh, what did he do? Oh, oh, go back. Oh, study that. I've literally broken that film down. I've read the script. I've broken down the shots. I've I've done the I've broken down the editing every single time, and I learn something new every time I watch it. Not saying you don't with other films, but I've actually taken the steps to do that with that film. <laughs> that mm-hmm. makes sense because that, that's also a big undertaking. Fucking breaking down th- uh, films, analyzing them, and doing all that. That that's awesome. That's why I love I love breaking down films, and that's why another reason why like I kind of dread like streaming so much, just because we've lost like the kids growing up today is like they're not gonna have Blu-rays. They won't have the behind the scenes. <laughs> I, like, yeah, no shit. I do. I was VHS all the way. <laughs> yeah, you know, put it into a disc. I, I was Betamax all the way. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. honestly it's financial gain you know it's business tactics you know it's the it's just the way they're fucking living because you make more you make more money right and and i hate to say this but i i really think the film industry is 51 percent business 49 percent art i I really do because if you didn't if if you can't excuse me what i was gonna say um the if you can't make money with the film you're not gonna get a job (laughs) Exactly. If, if you if this film does not make bring in the the cash, you're you're not going to get another job, and it's all so, it all comes back to the cash. Since you're a Marvel guy, mm-hmm. and like there's this there's this quote that's kind of spread it going online. You probably know where I'm going to go with this. All right, I'm listening. And like what you're what you're saying about fifty one percent business, forty nine percent art. Yeah, w- with the film industry in general, Martin Scorsese has come out and said that the marvel movies aren't cinema but i kind of agree to him to an extent like saying uh-huh. that marvel movies are everywhere at the movie theater if you go to the movie theater yep, like there's that's one every all, time there's one there's one pretty much every single weekend and that pushes out like a smaller art film that some filmmaker is probably just trying to get his voice out there yep and it's and tough. i could see what I get to see what that's where martin scorsese is trying to say like oh, like the movie theaters are like a circus now but yeah people people want a circus like their dollar says like hey i want to go see a marvel movie they don't want to go see like come on come on i'll tell you what i I see where you're going with this i totally get Mm -hmm. it i'll tell you what human nature is to survive right would you agree Mm -hmm. it's survival of the Mm -hmm. fittest that darwinism or charles darwin whoever came quoted that and i'm not very historically accurate (laughs) but i think it's the same in the industry I think it's just survival of the fittest. You got to make the good. You got to make the movie that people are going to go into the theaters, and and you got to find the art within that context. It mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it is a business, and that's what that extra one percent is. That fifty one percent. It you just you need to be able to make profit. You need to be able to net. Uh, excuse me. You need net cash. So, I, I I see what Scorsese is saying because yes, the art is getting overshadowed. Marvel, just because they're so big, they're so popular, they, they, they're they raking in fucking dough, don't get me wrong. At the end of the day, I just, I, I come back to, it's survival of the fittest. Know what the people, and, and fittest, is survival of the fittest in terms of films, you know, is what makes the most money and what gets people most emotionally involved. And I think mm-hmm. it's what makes the most money is 51%, 49% is, is the art, what gets people involved. What gets people emotionally yeah. connected and related to your story. And so I think you just have to keep that in mind when you're making films. And it sucks that you have to keep that in mind, but I think that's just the reality of it. I, I, I don't think it's anything um, that we have to complain or whine about. I think it's just something we have to take into account 
when making films and then trying to make it as a filmmaker. Not you can't get a hundred, you know, you can't get a hundred percent of everything you like. You know, you're it's it's not gonna work your way a hundred percent of the time every time. But you can be grateful for what part or portion you do have and you can go ape shit at that part. And sometimes you just have to suck it up that hey, you know, the the movie industry is still an industry. <clears throat> you know it's what a I business. mean? It, yeah, it's a, it's business. a business. And it sucks that that again, like I said, I you know I'm, I'm talking in circles, and it sucks that it's like that. I think if you want to play in the big leagues, you got to follow their rules, you know. Mm-hmm. Until until some motherfucker with a straight cap who's got a bigger chest, <laughs> who 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 is smarter, who is who is more um, cinematically inclined, who can come up with a new system to where art kind of supersedes the, the the money side of it, and mm-hmm. but. I, and again, even saying that out loud, it sounds kind of hard to do. <laughs> it sounds stupid, but I mean, at the end of the day, that's just that's the reality. Is that well, well, who you need said, the money? Who said working in this industry was was easy? That's the, I think that's what every filmmaker has said, and everything like, that any... I said is implied in your statement. So that's a good way of mm-hmm. that's a good way of putting a bow on it. Yeah, it's it, like this industry is tough, but that's like another reason why like. People tell me every single day, like, oh, Marley, why don't you get a real job? Like, I do have a real job, like, to bring in, bring in the bills and, like, pay rent. Uh-huh. But, like, the people always ask me, like, why do you always work on your art and stuff like that? It, Just like, like, yeah, it's like, we love it. It's like, yeah, we may be crazy to chase, like, this carrot and, like, eventually hoping to make money but it's just like I, I love what i do and i feel like that's what's most that's like most important do you think you're gonna do you think you're gonna make a living off your art i think that's what's the goal like with every filmmaker like even st- someone like steven spielberg I, I freaking love he's probably one of my favorite directors of like of all time same like i have very i have i have filmmakers that i love like 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 daily like edgar wright ryan johnson mm-hmm. but steven spielberg was kind of like that first guy that i saw and it's kind of crazy that like when the clock strikes midnight tonight or i think that the movie is premiering like t- as we're recording this <laughs> like west side story is coming out like he's like uh, steven spielberg is like 80 years old right and he's still making movies and he's still doing like what tough. he loves and i'm he's fi- tough dude <laughs> yeah i i love that i like I don't think that there's like one bad film that he, that, that, that I can't think of a bad film that he's made. I think every can, single can film he's no, absolutely. Uh, well, and I, again, bad subjective, but I don't think of, I don't, I can't think of a film that has dented his rep. He, mm-hmm. with every film he's made a step forward, he's made a step forward. D- yeah. Does that make sense? I don't know. If yeah, exactly. Way. Even like a film that not a lot of people have heard of, but I, I, made a video about this but tintin the adventures of tintin uh-huh i remember that like that that film that film is like absolutely incredible like it, it and it really shows the reach that steven spielberg has and just his eye and vision that he has for a film like he was able to do is almost have you seen that film or tintin yes it was a while ago but I have, i've seen it and i i remember i remember enjoying it i do it's 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 one of those films that like when I was watching it I was this is probably there's stuff that he did in this film that was he probably wanted to do in Indiana Jones but he couldn't do it because it was live action and it's Harrison Ford. Uh-huh. And Steve, I I'll always respect Steven Spielberg no matter what he does. Even if they, the the internet tries to cancel him because of some weird thing like I feel like I will still sort of defend him in some way. But... Dude, that that whole internet canceling thing I I feel like you can't get canceled if you don't give a shit. <laughs> Well, okay. you don't let it affect you. I feel like you could keep moving, and you can you can still you can you could still work and and keep moving as long as you just don't let it affect you personally, like you mm-hmm. emotionally, you in the head. Does that make sense? I I don't know if that's a little ins- insensitive, but I I I've been thinking about it lately, so it's funny that you bring it up. <laughs> well, no, it's a uh, it it. Here's what I this is what I've always been saying. Like when doing this podcast, like of sixty episodes in, like if I say anything say anything that like offends anyone or if i get canceled i i just look at it as like hey look i made it people care about like what the words coming out of my mouth that Bro, they're willing to like cancel right me. no so shit. It's like, they care it's they of... care enough about you to get you out of the public eye. yeah exactly <laughs> it's like 
dude, and that bring that that reminds me of a story when I first started TikToking and and making these videos, and I was a little nervous. I, I really didn't um, know what I was doing. I was just like, this is the stuff that I would have liked to know, so I'll give it out there, and we'll start there. And as I was making this stuff, and you know, when you first, I'm sure when you first started, you were a little nervous, were you not? Oh, all, all the time. Oh yeah, like, I was, I'm, still, I was I'm still nervous. So. <laughs> I I was terrified, and so you know, I started posting stuff, and this guy, 40 years old, 50 years old. I don't even know how old he is. He's on TikTok and he's wrecking my shit. And he is, he is, he is duetting not only mine, but others too. So I, you know, I was like, okay, don't take it personal, but every single video for the for the next, and I post, I tried to post two times a day, every single video for the next like week, he would duet and say where I went wrong, how bad I was, how I'm a piece of shit. I'm a liar. I'm, I'm this, I'm that, how I'm just trying to steal money or, or whatever. And I was like, I, I don't, I didn't understand. I was like heartbroken. I was like, why do, why is he doing that? What, what did I, what did I do to upset you? And so I would comment. I try to respond. I try to fix the problem. As I made more videos, he started to get less logical and practical and more malicious. Like now he was just attacking me as a person. (laughs) And I was like, what the, what the hell is going on? And, and it wasn't until I talked to my friends and and family, my friends and my dad, really, that I figured out that one, it doesn't matter. Two, the fact that you're reaching those kinds of people shows growth. The fact that you're Mm -hmm. able to extend your circle that far out and reach somebody who genuinely just despises what you're doing, it kind of just shows growth. Does it not? Because if you're never hitting those people, you know you're not growing. No, that's that makes total sense just because like. I think uh, what that's part of the reason why I like I started this podcast is like <clears throat> to reach out people beyond like my small little inner circle. Absolutely, people of different uh, people of different opinions, and I I believe you experienced that with like this one guy, where it's just like b- before like you have a bunch of people like liking your videos, like saying like oh you're awesome and stuff like that. Yeah, and just, so you like, feel a little and, high, right? <laughs> yeah, but. Once you start reaching out, you get this one person that's probably just like, "Oh, I d- doesn't agree." Like, I, I like that's that's someone that's like not on your side. But I, I feel like that's, I like I don't think it's like, like it's your duty to kind of push him onto your side. But it's oh no, like, absolutely! It's almost, I learned that the hard way. I learned that the hard way. I I think what what's most important, like when you encounter those people, like on TikTok, it's like you just kind of let them speak. And just let them speak their mind. Yep. But you I don't, to. I don't, I don't push back. Like I just let the, I just let them comment and just be like, cause you have to get off what you, you have to get off what, uh, what's on their chest. Yes. And, and no, it's almost like a therapy. It's almost like a, mm-hmm. a therapy session. Yeah. Because if you, if you were, if, uh, if I reply to like those people, then they will just, con- they will just continue. It's like, Oh crap. Uh, there's someone's paying attention to me. They don't normally usually pay attention to me, but I need to, I need to respond and stuff like that. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. And you know what, when you say that, it, it brings up this quote. I I don't know what movie it was from. I don't know what podcast it was from, or if it was just a meme on Instagram seven years ago. I don't even know, but excuse me. But what that reminds me of is you can't argue. And, and I don't mean to be insensitive to anybody, but you can't mm-hmm. argue with a stupid person because they'll bring you down to their level and beat you with experience. <laughs> That's that's great. Dude, I don't know. I want to know what, what I want to know what I bet if from. I can just type, you know what? Let me type it into Google right now because <laughs> I don't know where I heard that. I don't know who it was from, but it made sense. <laughs> yeah, made sense. and the fact that I got to experience it firsthand, I think, was really important because I was I was genuinely heartbroken. Like I was gonna stop. Like I, I let myself get into my feelings and get into my head about it. But I mean, at the end of the day, right. I it, it, the the only fact, the only legitimate fact. Um, was I was able to reach him with my content. That was it. Regardless of what mm-hmm. he said, regardless of my emotions of how it made me feel, the only fact was that I was able to reach him. And I strongly suggest whoever's listening that you just go based off facts. Don't go off emotion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like if, if, if you could choose between emotion and fact, choose fact. <laughs> yeah, I choose fact every single time. But, it, but uh, it's hard to. It's hard to. Mm-hmm. Especially with all like all this information out there now. But it's like, I think what what is important about like just I I, I don't know but that that that's just <laughs> that, oh I found it I found it I found it I don't okay. mean to cut you off 
Um, no, it's cool. Never argue with stupid people. They will drag you down to their level and then beat you with experience. You know who said this? Who? A, a, who according said to Kiwara, Mark Twain. <laughs> Mark Twain. Oh, okay. So I, mean, I, I could see that. <laughs> yeah, it says Mark Twain. I'm going to do three or four more clicks just to, to clarify, to verify that it was Mark Twain. Right. Um, just drill down. Drill yeah. down your sources. <laughs> I guess it, maybe it doesn't even matter. But I mean, I heard it somewhere. I guess it was from Mark Twain. Yeah, but um, <laughs> Joey, this has been this has been a pleasure talking to you. Oh, dude, we're um, done already. Holy shit! I, 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 I don't. <laughs> you could come on again. You dude, come absolutely, on again. <laughs> absolutely. Have uh, me again. Yeah, uh, but like you're you're such an awesome human being. Like I think the one thing that that got me to your content and one I was just struggling with Premiere. Like <laughs> I was just like, I, I was, still I, am. <laughs> I was, it made it like you did help me. I will, I will, uh, I will thank you like right here on this podcast. Oh, thank I you for helping it. me out with, with a tip, but which one was it? Do you mind if I ask? Uh, it was crap. I have to remember, <laughs> but, but I, I honestly don't remember off the top of my head, but I will say that most of the, most of the issues that I do have with premiere come with just waiting and time and rendering right no yeah, shit I, I need i need i need more ram for you need more, co- more cores more ram <laughs> all of it yeah this is adobe's just like adobe's just like just buy more ram that's yeah. that'll solve your issues dude, that, like, no, just that, get more cores dude, what... <laughs> so freaking happy that i'm that i'm able to specifically you and the fact that you you had the nuts to even just reach out to me and say hey want to just talk for an hour just hang out because like i feel like mm-hmm. that's how you build a connect because i definitely first time even talking to you in person i've, I've felt mm-hmm. a connection i don't even see your fucking face i mean i know what you look like i've seen your tiktoks but mm-hmm. i yeah. mean i think i think the this 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 concept of finding people on tiktok and just whoever's got time has time and and to to do it a, a one hour pod dude it's fucking it's brilliant I love that because well, I would not have connected with you otherwise i i don't think i would have reached out to you <laughs> i'm not see, gonna lie See, so this is the this is the uh, kind of the model I've been living by, and I stress for all young filmmakers to <coughs> to use this motto is that like when when asking someone for help, just ask because like what's the worst what's the worst they could say? They're like no, yeah, no like, shit, right? Like no, right? no, yeah, no, and then just like and then just leave. It's not like they're gonna like. It's not like I was gonna ask you to like come on the podcast and be like. And then you're like, no, I fucking hate you, Marley. And like, <laughs> you're no shit, though, right? You're a piece of shit. Do you know like, how many... content sucks. I know, right? How, how Do you know how many fears people put in their head? Even me, dude. I was doing... The other day, I was down... I was... Um, my buddy calls it down bad. But I was just... I was like, oh, my God. I got so much shit to do. I haven't posted in a while because I'm taking a break. And I felt bad because I haven't posted. But then I was like, no, I'm coming back with some cool stuff. So, I mean, just just relax. Take your time. Da, 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 da. You know how many people fill their head with fears and then that stops them from taking action. It's, it's insane. It's insane. And that's so many people. Yeah. That's kind of why I called it shut up and cut. I was like, dude, just shut up and go, just do it Mm -hmm. shut up and just do it. And so that's kind of the, the concept behind shut up and cut is that if you just, if you just stop talking and start doing, you'll learn more. I promise. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And not only will you learn more, but you'll achieve more and you'll do more. So I hopefully, I mean, hopefully people get that from shut up and cut. I thought it was pretty clear, <laughs> but mm-hmm. um, at the end of the day, I, I, it's tough. It is tough, but you just got to keep working at it. Right. And, but that, that was kind of long winded, but like where, where can people find you on the internet? Joey? Dude, mm-hmm. TikTok is probably the most value you'll get out of me right now. Um, I'm working on a one hour webinar for people who like longer form content, who like to really go deep into things. Um, and that's why I haven't posted in a little bit, but, um, yeah, dude, the TikTok is where you get the most value out of me. If you want to follow my personal life, <laughs> feel free. Um, it's nothing like TikTok. It's not video editing. It's not uh, video editing. It's more about the dumb shit that I do. <laughs> um, but t- dude, TikTok, what's the, go ahead. No, dive deep, dive deep, dive deep into the personal, <laughs> bro. I just the friend group that I'm in. We uh, Austin Thomas. He he record. He documents all the dumb shit we do. It's beautiful. Put um, put an Austin on blast. I, no, I'm no 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 no, dude. It's beautiful what he does. I'm not putting him on blast at all. It's beautiful what he does. It's like it's it's David Dobrik, but Austin Thomas. That's it, it. Really is. He's got he's got like 130 thousand on TikTok. He's got 10 thousand followers on YouTube. All from one video. All from one video, which shows how powerful TikTok is. 
I swear to God, mm-hmm. it shows how powerful TikTok is. But dude, he just documents all the fun stuff he's doing throughout his life and he just shows it to people. That's it. That is it. And people love it. It's insane. The comments are so, they're so full because right? people are like, oh, you guys are so awesome. Da, 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 da. Dude, y'all are so funny. Da, da, da. Whatever. I mean, whatever it is, it's just it, the, the, the community he's built around just his friends is insane and i saw it happen firsthand and it really is just one of the most beautiful things i've seen he documents pretty much 80 to 90 percent of my life (laughs) so if you if you want to see all the personal dumb shit we do um check out austin's vlogs on youtube or on tiktok you'll see it all it's that's that's pretty much my life it's shut up and cut and then austin's vlogs <laughs> all right I'll, I'll, i'm definitely gonna have to check out austin's vlogs now yeah. and honestly <laughs> i was I, waiting i was waiting for shut up and cut and austin's vlogs to mesh i didn't know when it was or when it would come out because i never had a reason mm-hmm. to to talk about it but it is uh i'm excited for you guys to see that part of me the part that's all fun and get uh you know having fun and, and partying and playing sports and doing stupid shit with your friends and so yeah i highly recommend you well, check that- out austin's vlogs <laughs> Well, yeah, uh, I'm definitely going to check that out after after we're done recording. But yeah, everyone should go follow Joey on TikTok and and take like take a class on Shut Up and Cut, like go to shutupandcut.com. Um and, but yeah, uh Joey, you're a great human being. I'm really glad that I know you. Dude, you're a and... fucking stud. That what you just did, fucking pug uh following me on TikTok, commenting enough so I see you, so I follow like dude, I swear to God, it is the most beautiful. St- when you just reach out to people, when you just when you are when you engage, bro, you get value like that, which is fucking insane, Marley. I swear to fucking God, you need don't stop this. <laughs> this is insane. I'm, I'm excited for the next one. Yeah, I'm Marley Silverbrand, and for for Joey, I know we're huge fans of Film Riot. I guess we just have to end this on right, shoot, edit, repeat. Fuck yeah, peace.